Welcome to the Blueprint Podcast, where we throw out the old blueprint so you can become who you were always meant to be. I'm your host, Jason Smith, and if you haven't already, make sure you make sure you click the subscribe button and share this podcast on social media and tag me in it at JaybirdFit. Today, I have mindset coach Nicole Frazier. Welcome. I am thrilled to be here. That's who you are. Yeah. So, I am Nicole Frazier. 45, about to be 46 in February. I am a certified mind. No, you're not. Yes. We're the same age. Yeah, brother. Oh, man. I thought you're like a decade younger than me, man. No, it's, it's what you do. I live yeah. healthy. I eat healthy. Oh, yeah. You eat healthy and you work out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wear sunscreen. Yeah. No, that's awesome. <laughs> so a mindset coach, I officially help anybody struggling with their mindset. And I guess my signature approach is mixing subconscious reprogramming and faith to help them kick all those like limiting beliefs, old shitty stories, labels, playing small, the imposter syndrome that comes up as we're starting our businesses. Um, and I, that's all stuff I struggled with my whole life. So let's I was go, like, yeah, no, let's go into that a little bit deeper. What is subconscious reprogramming? So basically, you know, our is, part conscious thought, part subconscious thought. It's 95% of our mind that is subconscious programming. Like our mind's a big computer and it stores everything. And our mind thinks in pictures. That's why like when you think of something, like usually like image pops up mm -hmm. and basically, you know, when people are trying to change, like even like and stuff, they're trying to get healthy. They're trying to get fit. They're using the conscious part of their mind to do that. They're trying to change their behaviors. They're trying to change their environment. But that's like at the very low level conscious part of your mind. Our mind, if you think of it in like a big funnel, it's like your purse, your identity, your values, your beliefs, your potential. So like when people try to change, whether it's self-esteem or whether it's getting healthy and going to the gym, and you're trying to just like, well, if I just start doing this, I'm just going to start journaling. I'm just going to start saying affirmations. I'm just going to like go walk every day or whatever. Um, many people fall back and revert to those shitty behaviors because somewhere deep in your subconscious, you don't really believe that you're valuable, you're worthy. Like when we're talking about like self-esteem or that you could ever be the type of person that could be fit long-term. You're not a focused, dedicated person. So when you're trying to make any kind of change in your life and you're just using your willpower, which is that 5% of your mind, you, fall, you fail and revert back as soon as that willpower runs out. I always like to use the, the analogy of like you're in an office, somebody drops off a tray of cookies in the back at 10 a.m. You're like, I'm not having those cookies. But like by 3 p.m., you're like, fuck it this day. I'm having the cookie. Right. right? Especially <laughs> if it's chocolate chip. It's really yeah, hard to pass Your up. willpower ran out. So yeah. um, on my journey, I tried every freaking thing. Every book behind me is a self-help book. And um, why can't I freaking change long term? Why do I like, why am I on this roller coaster? Um, and it, until I uh, stumbled upon changing with a coach on the subconscious level that I was like, wow, I am not all those other things that I thought I was because that's how I was acting and showing up in the world. That's just who I became 
once I started to believe all the stories and, and the negative experiences and things like that. So once you clear that away, um, it's like freaking effortless because who you, what you believe about yourself actually shifts. So when, when you leave, no, I'm not this person, I'm this person. Then what you value changes, what you believe your potential changes. Um, and you could start to believe, uh, uh, stift your behaviors because it just naturally falls in line. You're like, well, I don't eat crap and lay on the couch all day. I'm, I'm a healthy person. I take care of myself. So it's like thing falls in line when you clear away, like what's clogging basically your subconscious, your, your conscious mind. And with new year's coming up, this is such a great conversation to have and to listen to. And you're probably going to want to put this on repeat guys, maybe later in the year as we get closer to new year's because, and this always happens. I'm going to do all these things starting January 1st. I'm going to start knocking it out. That first week's going to be amazing. I signed up for the gym. I got all this stuff going on. I bought the food. I'm so prepared for all of this. And then two weeks into that, we're struggling. We're having a hard time. I can't keep up the pace. And then ultimately we fall off and we find ourselves going back to this default place because that's just what we know. That's what we're used to. That's, mm -hmm. I know what's going to happen if I default back to this position, you know, I anticipate what's going to happen next and that feels comfortable and that feels good. Yeah. And it's really hard for us to sit back and go, well, mm -hmm. wait a minute, you, you actually deserve to have those things that you desire. You deserve to have that level of fitness that you've been working towards. And I'm guilty of this. I, I do this. This has been every year for most of my life. And it's, you know, I get fit and then I, I don't necessarily fall off, but it's like, ah, this is enough. And I, but I don't follow through. And two years ago I had shoulder surgery and, you know, morphed into, well, now I'm just going to do anything because I'm struggling. This is difficult. And I was still exercising. I was working my legs and doing other things, but I didn't realize the difficulty that I was going to have coming back from that surgery at 43 years old, turning 44. It was a full year before I got that push and pull strength and I could do pull-ups again and I could do dips again. It was difficult for me to get through that. Well, in that you gain this weight yeah. and you start beating yourself up because, well, I am fit. I do take care of myself. I do eat well. And, you know, there are some underlying things that were going on that I didn't realize at the time. And that's why I was struggling so hard to, to lose the weight that I gained from uh, that, that surgery and being in a state of recovery. So um, of grace, guys, as you're going through this, it's it's easy. It's hard, but yeah. worthy and you can get through it. Amen. So when we talk about subconscious programming, where exactly does that come from? Like, where do those beliefs come from? How do they develop? Great question. Um, as much as people probably are like, oh, inner child, like when, when they hear like all that crap, they're like everything that like it, all the crap starts from your childhood. It really does. Um, it even starts, believe it or not, from like when you're in the womb. Yeah. Because. Well, you, there could actually be an argument that it happens even before that. There. Absolutely. I didn't yeah, want to take it there. I've heard this and I was just like, well, I never thought about it that way before. I was listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago and I heard it mentioned and I was just like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm no scientist. I'm no doctor. I don't really know, but it sounds legit that, you know, well, your grandmother carried your mother and then your mother carried you and then you had children as well. And then we dive in and that's the epigenetics of our family line. So our genetics, our DNA can store 
memories and trauma up to 14 generations back. So that's why, like, how you could be like, why do I have this? Like, I never fell off a bridge, but I have this, like, crazy fear of heights. Right. Right. Or, like, somebody who naturally can, like, sit piano and start playing. Meanwhile, like, 14 generations back, some great, great goal was able to do that. And now it's, like, becoming unleashed for you. So, like, yes, absolutely. But to keep it I, I think one of my ancestors probably got eaten by a saber tooth. And that, <gasps> that's why I don't like cats. <laughs> Dude, I'm so afraid of bugs. It's like unnatural. Okay. People are um, going to come at me for that one. Sorry. I'm just not a cat person. Sorry. But um, no, I get it. I'm a dog person. Um, So like this brief conversation, um, you're in your womb and like, especially that's ages zero to seven, you're just basically a walking open subconscious. Okay. You don't have the critical faculty to dismiss information. So everything you take in, everything you see, everything that's witnessed in front of you, whether it's from your parents, siblings, your society around you, what you hear being said about you, right? Oh, Jason's just shy. His brother's the outgoing one. You know, he always does this. He always gets emotional, right? So like have, it's just, it's the easiest way to say it. it's, it's the reason you can get kids to believe in Santa Claus. They like just don't even question really like, well, how does he get all the houses? But it's not like true. That could never even be. So from ages zero to seven, you just take everything on. And so what happened? Are you telling me Santa Claus isn't real? I hate to break it to you. Right. I should have earmuffs for anybody listening <sighs> in the car with their kids. Man. Anyway. Um, I'm going to end this. <laughs> <laughs> so when you hear something like that, Jason's the shy one. His brother's the outgoing one. In that moment, your mind decides to agree with it, okay? So now something in your brain called your reticular activating system kicks in and you go through your life looking for evidence to support that. Other people to say that somebody that you feel like is like you on a TV show or a cartoon or a movie so it starts to support that decision. And now it becomes ingrained in you as a belief, a limiting belief. And then by the time you're into like young adulthood and your teens, all these things become like coupled together and become a limiting identity. So I always say like, by the time it's your early twenties, you're sort of like a shell of like wacky, fun, unique kid that came into the world. You that know? naturally found joy and was happy. <laughs> And exactly. then life happens and it gets zapped away from you. Yeah. Oh. So anyway, like you can put all those negative things on, they are not inherently of you. So with subconscious reprogramming techniques, you can take that crap off and get back to the true version of you. What, what would some steps be that somebody could take if they're just now starting this journey and they, they don't know where to go, what to do or how to do it to start finding that joy in their life again. And to, you know, we can't go back, but to rediscover that it never fully left us and that it's still there. Um, you know, the step different if you're working with a coach or a professional because licensed professionals use this same type of, of work, um, things that techniques and processes that we take you through to get through that and reprocess it with your adult brain. And then when you let it go, it's sort of like, like emotionally connected to that anymore. I could see how like 
really don't believe that. If you're trying to do it on the conscious level though, step one, you're going to hear it over and over again. You have to become aware. So like when that negative thing comes up, like I can never do this long-term, right? You need to say is like, whose is that? Like, when did I first decide that? When did I first decide to agree with that? And a lot of times when I ask my clients this, they'll be like, you know, whose voice is it's my sister. My sister said, like, I never went to college, so, you know, this business is so hard kind of thing. Um, say that. Start to become aware of the, the, the negative dialogue that's coming up and, like, who it, and then, like, this really true? You know, this thing I always like to say is, like, you know, our mouths to get stuck in a loop. So, again, our brain is just a big computer. So you think that negative thought, it releases hormones in your body, like stress, cortisol, if it's a negative thing. And then again, now it likes to, it's like, give me that, give me more negative thoughts. Give me more, you know, like, and then you think another th negative thought and then you feel the same. So you got to like shock your brain out of that loop. And like, it could then like literally like grows, like smack your cheek. Like, I like, stop. I don't believe that. Yeah. Pattern um, interrupt. Pattern interrupt. Yeah. And, um. You know, I, I, there's so many different ways you could shift it, but you got to snap yourself out of that because one negative thought leads to another. And then you're like, why do I feel like this? Whatever you're feeling is due to what you're thinking. It's so interesting because we can also become addicted to those thoughts, feelings, and emotions mm -hmm. because it's, it's us. It's what our nervous system has been primed for. So like you said, we look for evidence and we seek things out that are going to you know, help us feel more of what we're already used to. And of course, your reticular activating system is going to be scanning and looking for these things out in your environment so it can give you all of this back because, well, it to give you more of what it thinks that you want. Yeah. And so you really have to start, like you said, dive into questioning these things about yourself, you know, is true for me? Why do I think this? Where did this come from? And then when you notice that you're in this negative space or you're having these experience, these repeat experiences, this happens all the time with people who have an anxious attachment style and they say things like, well, all I ever date are avoidance and all I ever date are narcissists. And it's like, well, it's really true. I mean, it could be true. Maybe that is who gets selected from what your nervous system and who you have been primed to be as a person and accept for yourself that this is what I deserve. And so we want to make sure that we're questioning those thoughts, feelings, and emotions and asking, is this really true? Is this what I want to experience? And you can use that pattern interrupt when you have it and it just starts punching you in the face and you're like, no, stop. You know, I want this, you know, talk about chemistry. And a lot of times people are like, but I want that chemistry. I love it. Oh, yeah. yeah, but but your chemistry is really just your nervous system, like a warning signal saying, hey, this is really familiar. This is probably not a good thing for you. You know, I mean, get rid of that person and avoid them and say, no, you're not for me. It's just an acknowledgement that you might have to double up on doing some work, both of you together to navigate this particular relationship. Yeah. Hence why I spent my 20s with somebody that was not the right one. Oh, no. There was the drama and the passion and the you know, the down and the, the chaos, the cheating and the Izzy, isn't he like, yeah. How many years did that go on? Six and a half. It's a long time. Yeah. So what for you that you finally said, you know what? Gotta go. So always that person, you know, I'm faith filled and I'm like, God, just give me a sign. Just give me a sign if he's really cheating on me. And like, God would always give me a sign 
And then I'd be like, is that, I don't really think that's a sign. Like, I mean, and then as you're asking that question, exa that's, that's exactly okay. like now, you know that, but when yeah. you're, in it, you know, and it's like my dad, I dated my dad basically for six and a half years. Um, God gave me like a brick. Like he was like, you, you don't need little bulls. I'm trying to throw at you. I'm going to like hit you with a head with a brick kind yeah. of thing. And I, I'll never forget. I was like, we were engaged. I was planning the wedding. I had just bought my wedding dress. Um, we were down in Florida there was, it was like the June issue of Allure and I'm on the beach reading this magazine and it's from a woman who is a private detective that people hire to see if their spouses are cheating. And at the end of the article, it said, <laughs> you're like tearing out the article to take home with <laughs> at the end of the article. It said, if there's one clue that you've come across and like in every scenario, it like always means they're cheating. What would it be? And she said, one thing, if he has two phones and like my heart dropped because my ex had, he owned a cell phone store and mm -hmm. he had a Nextel and he had a Blackberry. Blackberries just came out and I was never a snooper, but he was like, oh no, I had to just do this on my emails, my work emails. Next morning, fast forward, he's in the shower. I'm like, let me just like look at this Blackberry thing. So for clarity, he wasn't given a phone from where he was working is like no no like, that like like management so i need a phone so you can contact me blah 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 no. yeah no 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 but that's a thing now but back yeah, then yeah. it wasn't um so i look at it i click on one email jason and it was like a 10 page love letter from like this girl and oh, nice. she's like what she was saying in there it's like like it was not a fling this was like a full-on side relationship and i was like I, I remember running in the bathroom and I'm like, who is, you know, black? And he, he dropped the soap because he probably like, <laughs> like <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> and I run out in the street. I hear him trying to turn off the shower and I start dialing. And I'm like, do you know, like, who, this is Nicole, you know, I'm in game. She's like, oh yeah, I know all about you. I didn't oh. know. You were, yeah. She was like, I didn't know you were in Florida with him though. And I was like, what? Like, I, I was like, if you know, I can hear. Yeah. I booked a flight home. I threw the ring back at him. I like didn't even call my mom because she like hated him. And like she's everybody in my close circle saw what I didn't see. Yeah. You know, he had like systematically tried to isolate me from everybody. So anyway, there's a lifetime movie a couple days after that of all the crap that went down. But that was the thing. Man, so it wasn't a Hallmark movie. Have you had mm -hmm. your Hallmark movie yet? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, well, we I love have... stories. So <laughs> let, let's hear that story too. So my, I just had my 14th wedding anniversary and uh, my husband, I, you know how people say, you know, when like I, before he ever had my phone number, anything, I was like, I, there is something about this person. Like I just, oh, I, he's my husband. And people thought I was crazy. And my space was still the thing. Yes. And I created my MySpace account to like create a web and draw him in because I was like, I remember like writing my profile and I was like, he's going to read this and he's going to like learn. Right. I printed out his MySpace picture. I, I did not know about the law of attraction mm -hmm. or keeping your vision in front of you, but I. Oh, no, you you boarded him. Dude, I, I printed out a picture of him from MySpace and hung it on my refrigerator. And I just was like, looking at him just makes me happy. I remember having to take the picture of him off my fridge on our first date. 
Yeah, it was like crazy, but um, yeah, I, I totally chased him. Wow. 14 years. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. Yeah. We don't hear enough good stories like that where, you know, meet. So as the bar manager, I was the manager, restaurant manager. My de my department was the bar of this mm -hmm. big restaurant in Atlantic City. And he was the project manager for the company that built it. And, um, you know, but it's just very professional. You know, there's a, you know, I need sink move. This water line is like leaking or something. And so he would like call his company and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, you're breaking things like, hey. <laughs> no, but at that time I didn't, at that time I did not even like, like that. Cause I was still engaged. Mm. So I ran into him two years later and he was like, oh, you're married now? Like, and I was like, actually, no. And like, anyway, he, he was like, so where do you hang out? And I was like, I hang out at this like place on Wednesday. He's like, I go there sometimes. Um, it happened to be um, the night before Thanksgiving coming up. And from my space, I knew that was going to be his birthday. So I was like, he's going to be out. I called out of work. I went to like one bar that was, I knew was going to be busy. He wasn't there. I waited till like one in the morning. I was like, there's one other place he could possibly be on this night before Thanksgiving. You know, I was like eight at the time and um, by myself to this bar, I walk in, I see my cousin. He's like, Hey, I'm like, I'm looking for somebody. Like I got to keep it. Don't have time for you. I don't have time. Out of I'm the way. Go I'm going through the bar. You know how places are the night before Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. shoulder to I shoulder. do not miss those days. No. And Jason, yeah. I'm walking through the crowd. And all of a sudden, somebody reaches out and grabs my arm and I turn around and it's him. And we just talked all night and we've been together ever since. I love it. <laughs> That's a great story. Thank you. So for all my anxious attachers out there and anybody who's looking for love, just know that you can manifest your partner you and have them come in for you. Can. You absolutely can. And but, I see Jennifer said, what's her name? I missed it. I, my name's Nicole Frazier. You can find me leveluplifeandco.co or Instagram at leveluplifeandco. <laughs> and all of this is going to be linked so you guys will have access and be able to connect with Nicole. Thank you. I want to talk a little bit more about looking for the evidence of things that are happening in our life and it becoming the self-fulfilling prophecy. Okay. What is your view on that? Because I see this a lot in relationships and maybe I'm not explaining it in the best way all the time. But when we're looking for the evidence of all these different things in our life, we're actually. Sorry, I'm a dog mom. I get it. No, I know. She just like <laughs> even up there, it just like I know. eats the microphone. And so we get to this place where we're looking for all this evidence and it builds up. But then are we making these things happen in our life because we're looking for that evidence? That's the question. So is this for somebody trying to bring the right person into their life or any person into their life or somebody that's already in the situation or? We, we can look at it from, from perspectives. Yeah. Okay. So one, I completely do buy into that at a level because um energy is a very real thing in our life i'm not talking about energy like woo woo like it's scientific we all have energy we all have electricity going through our bodies that's why you can have an ekg on your heart you know encephalogram on your brain all that stuff um when we were talking earlier about that thought and emotion loop okay 
when you think a thought and you feel an emotion, it creates an electromagnetic frequency in your body that can be measured. So there, you can literally Google the emotional frequency scale and scientists have been able to measure different emotions from joy and gratitude all the way down to shame and fear and grief at different hertz. Energy in your body is measured in hertz. So it's a very true thing, a very real thing that like attracts like. So when you are feeling, no matter how much you try to hide it on the outside, like I did for a long time with hair and makeup and a boob job, <laughs> I have since had them taken out. Um, when I healed, I knew I didn't need them anymore. Um, that's act, that's a real. It's actually a really common thing that ends yeah. up happening, and yeah. maybe you can share a little bit about that later. Yeah. So uh, you are internally feeling like I'm not really worthy. I have low self-esteem. I've exhibited now. I have exhibited it now in my life, and people have reflected that back to me. Like, yeah, she's not that confident. I'm down here. And even though I say I want a well-adjusted partner who's going to respect me, honor me, whatever, and even though I may outwardly find somebody who initially exhibits those things, in down, internally, he's really feeling down here. So just like I'm wearing a mask, he's wearing a mask. The person who's well-adjusted, healthy, and looking for somebody who is also well-adjusted, healthy, and you want to rise together is subconsciously hyper aware of the people that are down here. They feel that energetic drain, right? You can always feel the vibe of people. It's like why you find your people. So you do create a self-fulfilling prophecy by what you're thinking and how you're feeling about yourself and what you believe is possible for you because somebody down here is never going to meet somebody and match long-term with somebody up here. You might have a few dates and then it goes and you're like, why didn't he like me? Whatever. Cause at some point he's like, uh -uh. whether he realizes it or she realizes it consciously or unconsciously, those, those flags are going off until um, yeah. you get yourself right inside. You will create, you will further create that self-fulfilling prophecy because you're creating and contributing to scenarios that align with what you really believe relationships are, what you could bring to the situation, what's what you deserve back in the situation. Um, it's conversation, but but yeah. that's part of it. Well, it's always what you deserve back, mm -hmm. and and knowing what that is and it looks like, and you know how are expectations actually putting us at a disadvantage. Yeah, because we create a story, and you might be dating someone who's extremely secure. But because you're in this place and we're, we use this as levels, it's not above or below or anything like that. It's just, it just is, you know, somebody a little bit more secure. They have the ability to say, you know what, this isn't for me. I don't like the way this feels. So I'm mm -hmm. actually going to end this and I'm going to walk away from this. Yeah. And to somebody who's on that insecure end of the spectrum, they're going to struggle to understand that because, well, I gave everything to you. I gave myself, I did all these things and I kept giving, giving and, you know, almost abandoning to get to this place of making sure that you were taken, that you were taken care of. I did everything for you. And that actually to somebody who's more secure, they're going to step back and go, you know, that's a little too much for me. I, I don't want to take that on. And yeah. so they step away. And then the other person then says, well, you must avoid it or you're a narcissist. And it's like, well, that's really the case. It could just be that they're not buying the brand of relationship that you're trying to give to them. 
Yeah. And and they would rather have something that's more secure from that perspective. And it's not saying that there's anything wrong with you or that you're being diminished in any way. It's just, again, it's frequencies and you're not a match at this point. Exactly. So to that point, when I was like, I'm going to go after my husband, I was like, I've never really seen somebody so well adjusted in my life and outgoing and with all the friends and like, well, you know, I like specifically remember sitting at my computer, looking at his profile and all these pictures of his life. And I was like, Nicole, you have to be ready for this person. Are you ready for this person? Because you can't bring that old, small, unworthy version of yourself to this situation right now or it'll never work. So that was like the first thing that had me come up higher and have to like go that layer of myself. How did that not defeat you further? Because that can be a really hard realization to come across that, you know, this person who is well adjusted and you, you start to have this recognition inside of you that, oh, I, I change. I have to be different. How did you reconcile that internally? Because I was like, what do you really want, Nicole? Do you want somebody loyal and happiness and like like tie it to, to what I was telling myself that I actually wanted? So you had to anchor it to a potential. Yeah. Whereas in the past, I would say I want those things, but then not show up in the ways I, I I had shit boundaries. You know what I mean? Tell somebody to my ex to say horrible things to me, you know, so disrespectfully. You know, so I had like come have a come to Jesus moment and be like, who am I? What do I want and what do I deserve? And am I ready to not be the barrier, even though I didn't know all the ways that uh, of the work I still had to do, but I knew there was a level I had to match if I was going to walk into this relationship. I couldn't, and I held myself to those boundaries. So like as much as I was attracted to him and wanted him, I didn't give him like a free ticket. Like, okay, so whatever he does, that means I'm okay with it. Cause like in this relationship, I was like, even though I feel like he's the one, these are the boundaries I'm setting for myself. And every single day, he has to show up and, and meet those things. Not like a game, but I just knew. And I didn't say. I was like, going to hey. say, did you find yourself testing him? No, not a tester. But when okay. he crossed one of my boundaries that I had set for myself, I just immediately was like, look, I'm not down for this. So he is to the occasion every single time. And that's what let me know he was my person. So he created and cultivated a safe space for you to be more of yourself. Yep. Great way to put it. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. I, I love that. And it's, you know, this missing piece in so many relationships, especially for those who are a little bit younger, they eager to be in this relationship with someone else and they don't take the time to recognize to, to see who this person really is. We know it takes around 12 to 18 months to really begin to see who someone is. And then that's based on how much time you're actually spending together. 
So especially like, so if you're distance and you're not having all this time together, then you're not going to know who this person is. It could be years down the road, depending on what you have set up on how you're going to close that gap in distance. On that note, what are your feelings on long distance relationships? Um, I never really sat, gave, like sat what about it. It's um, so common right now because yeah. of, because of social media. And I run across this experience all the time. I, I get messages and DMS and comments and submitted stories of, you know, all horror stories that happened. And it's just like, we begin to help people navigate distance relationships, or is it just a hard line? Don't do them. I, I don't think in this day and age, it can be a hard line. I feel like I was blessed and, and you're like the same age that not how dating was when <laughs> I was, you know, fight husband. Man, things were so much different in the late 1900s. It was awesome. <laughs> yes. um, if I was out in the world right now, um, didn't have my husband or was back into the dating world, um, was dating long distance. I feel like I would want the same guardrails on the relationship that you would have if you're dating somebody in person. So yes, obviously you're not going through every day together, but like, are you making me a priority? And am I making you a priority right. for times to connect for times to talk? Um, the, you fly to see me, I fly to see you or vice versa. Um, and like there just has to be an honest conversation at some point about what's the end game here. Right. How can we have that conversation? Yeah. And, and that was one thing I said with my husband, I was like, you know, at, in conversations while we were, and it naturally came up. I wasn't like, Hey, listen, hey, um, just so you know, hey, I got something for you. I'm going to put you on notice. <laughs> right. But I, it, when it naturally came up, I said, you know, I really, with the ex life experience I've had, I feel like two years, you know, if that person or not, like that's me personally. Yeah. Like, cause you that first year, I feel like every holiday's a new experience. Everything's new. Every Everything's new. new experience. Yeah. But by the time that you're done that second year, you know, so I am somebody that wants to be married and I am somebody that feels like I don't need to date somebody for five years before we decide if we're going to take that step. I said, so for me, two years is like the limit. So he knew that. And even though I never had to like really mention it again, and even though when he proposed, I was like completely surprised, it was like pretty close to that two year mark. <laughs> like, what did that proposal look like? Um, he again was somebody like I, I live in Jersey, but I had never been to New England, and I was like a Bridges of Madison County fan, and like all crap. <laughs> I was like, I would just love to live in New England. So he took me up for like a world weekend to like Salem. Cause it was like October and we went to Boston and we went to Newport um, movie My mystic pizza. And we ended up doing like a stay in mystic and he ended up proposing in mystic. Uh, it was, it was the end of the dinner. I had come back from the, from the room and he was just like, um, I, exactly what he said. He was like, you know, I, or, um, I'm going to forget what he said. He said, I, I, or, Oh my God. I'm not going to try to say what he said. Cause I, I'm forget. But anyway, he started crying and I was like, oh, babe, what's wrong? <laughs> and then all of a sudden he pulls out the ring and I'm like, what? Like, and he asked me right there in the restaurant and it was awesome. We got married a year later. I love it. That's awesome. You know, he's crying because I think this is very common for a lot of men. I, I think the Amazon guy's here or something. Oh, yeah. My dog is berserk. FedEx and... 
Well, she's a fairly large German shepherd and high energy. So I took her to the park before this, so there's no excuse for this right now. Like she mm -hmm. should be just chilling. I even filled up her pool out back so she could relax for a little bit. Oh, yeah. She's not my relaxed. dogs. Oh, there goes my dog. <laughs> oh, listen to that. I love it. No. So I, I think for a lot of men, they get into this place where they, most men haven't had really great long-term relationships and they haven't been to this place where they've been supported and loved and it's felt unconditional. Mm -hmm. So when they get to that place where they're prepared to propose, I, I, I think that's why it's so fun to watch uh, all talks where the, you know, the men only see their bride walking down the altar and it's just like, you know, it's a lifetime of, you know, very lucky in that moment. At the same time, there's, there's a lifetime of some like pain and rejection and difficulty and, you know, all this stuff just kind of culminates in this one wonderful, amazing moment that you get to share with your human, your, your the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with. And that's really cool. That's why I also don't like the TV shows like love is blind. Yeah. I, I don't think they're, for that. but they are great for comedy. So they are. Yeah, definitely. Let's see, what are the, some of the things that you offer from a coaching standpoint? So I love uh, the one-on-one -on -one experience okay. and because the type of work that I do with my clients um, have to be closed a lot for a lot of these techniques. They're visualizing, they're, we're getting very grounded. We're going back specifically to specific events. Um, I don't do that in a group coaching setting. So I either have my, my signature process, which is a four month journey, it's three 90 minute sessions a month. And then we stay connected via Voxer, which is a voice memo app in between. Um, Civic framework is laid out on my website. I literally show you like what we do session by session. And the first, like it's about getting grounded in what our vision is going to be. Um, seeing, you know, spending sessions, releasing limiting beliefs, spending several sessions, stepping into that new, not the new identity, but your true identity. Right. So it's like there's specific techniques when we work with the subconscious to release things that are holding you back. And then there's specific techniques that we do to install the, the more empowering yeah. thoughts, beliefs, and version of you. Um, getting a new iOS. Right? It, it, exactly. Yeah. We're it's upgrading like, the system. It's like we're getting the bugs out, all the stuff. Um, it's a process. You know, it's not heavy and deep where you're like, oh, like I'm dreading each freaking right. session. Like you leave sessions feeling like pumped. And when you work with the subconscious shifts, happen very quickly. Like, and it's a mind fuck a little bit. Cause you're like, I can't believe now I feel, I don't feel like this anymore. Right. Like why was this such a barrier? And now it's not like, it, it's just crazy. Um, you have to be re ready to be like vulnerable and shed your crap. So that is a four month journey. Um, or if you're just like, look, I don't know if I'm like ready for the whole thing, but I know there's this like specific thought that keeps popping in my head. and I don't know how to get past it. Like if you're a little bit clear on what's holding you back or something you need to work through, I do 90 minute sessions like a la carte transformation breakthrough sessions. I explain both on my website. Awesome. Find that they like the quick one-on-one, -on -one, one and done sessions. Mm -hmm. um, it's really interesting because you would think that you'd want to kind of settle something a little bit more long-term and like build up level of trust and, you know, real to navigate this stuff. And what I'm finding from 
that standpoint is it's a lot of relationship stuff and they're just yeah. like, I just got, I, I got broken up with, I'm frustrated with this. I don't like my job. There's all these other experiences. What can I do? And they're just looking for that, like that next step, whatever that is for them. And so it's wonderful to have people like you that are so willing to put yourself out there to help others in that way, to help them achieve that next level, to take that next step because you know, blockages. And we have these experiences that cause us to doubt ourselves in all these different ways. And we often don't know what that next step is. And we develop fear around that. And it's like, well, how to break through this fear to get to the other side? I know I'm capable of this. I just don't know what to do. And so it's people like you that help others achieve that goal. And I absolutely love that. Thank you. Yeah, for me, it's funny, like, um, it's definitely like 70% of the people want the full spiel. And like, 30% come in and they like, want th one thing. And then they'll sometimes end up booking like a couple other a la carte sessions, or it's sort right. of like the ripcord thing that they need. But um, if you really want a full shift of like, where you where you're sort of like telling everything, it's going to be the longer journey. But it goes fast. Does it? Yeah. Let's check out some of these comments real quick. Let's see if there's anything. All right, guys, if you have any questions, feel free to drop them in the comments. Yeah, I see some lovely ladies in the comments. On Instagram or because there's, I'm not I seeing think much it's, on no, it's on Facebook. Well, I, yeah, on Restream. I don't want to click anything on Instagram. And <laughs> Everybody's saying dog. your dog is making my dog bark. Well, sorry at that. <laughs> For I see on Restream, how do I find out info? So my website is Level Up Life and like A N D Co. Dot co. It's not dot com. Dot co. Level Up Life and Co. Dot. That was gonna be cute. It's probably gonna bite me in the butt that I didn't do dot com. <laughs> no, you know I don't know. I, I and it is cute. I, I think it'll be fine. It really just comes down to. Uh, getting the name out there that's all yeah which it's pretty easy you got this um so I, i'm gonna link all this stuff together so don't worry about that you'll be able to come back to this live and uh access to all the information that you need so nicole is there anything that we missed today that you would like to share with everyone else well wait you said so struggling with life purpose I have to leave my corporate job, but so scared. Glad to know I'm not alone. Thank you for sharing your experiences. Love, love, love. Girl, I know because I left my corporate career in 2019. I left the over six figure salary, the title. I had so much of my identity tied up in that title and what I do. Um, it, I had to take like a full three months off after I left. Um, the best thing I ever did. I'm not advocating for anybody to, to do that. And I absolutely did it the right way. And I had a nest egg, like I saved, right. I downgraded my car. So I didn't have the big car payment. Like, um, purpose is at that top of the funnel for the levels of your mind. It's purpose. And then it's identity. So clear on that takes really just, you have to clear out the noise. And you can't be taking everything in. It really, you know, they, if constantly scrolling social me media, how can God speak to you? Right? So you have to get quiet. You have to just, this is the part where I do recommend journaling, where you just free write. 
whatever the heck's going to come out. No intention, no prompt. Like this is a huge thing. Okay. Never ask yourself why questions. Why don't I decide what I want to do? Why don't I know what I want to do? Why don't I know my purpose? Why am I so afraid to leave, right? A why question activates a part of your brain that causes rumination. And you just like spin and then you never get to the answer. So if you journal and use any prompts or ask yourself something, ask yourself a what question. What makes me feel like I know what my purpose is? What makes me afraid to leave the corporate space? Do you hear like how that's different than like, why are you so afraid? Like question sounds accusing. Whereas a what question just lowers the temperature in your mind. So time doing that first and don't be afraid to like dream big, right? Because that's another way that we like limit ourselves. And that's all those limiting beliefs and behaviors. I can only get to this level. I only have this level of education. I have an associate's degree. And in my corporate career, I was managing doctors of physical therapy, uh, nutritioners, exercise physiologists. Like limits are an illusion. And I know that sounds like BS, but it really, so when you start writing, just like, what would I love to do? If time was no issue, money was no issue, education was no issue. What lights me up? That's just like a little preview, but a, a transformation session could could be helpful also to like dial in specifically to, to what is blocking you from getting to that answer. She's nonstop. No. Hang on one second. Um, Jen said, my life is a hot mess. I can barely function right now, girl. I get it. It's like a lot of times, if you just reframe this, this this is like the breaking point, right? So you have to get to that point where you're like, everything is broken before you're like, I need to make a change, right? I sort of jumped to Jen's hot mess question. She said she could barely function. Um, times that's the, that's a great spot to be because yes. you can only go up from there. And sometimes when like suddenly if things are broken, but this is working great over here, you sort of like out and it's the, it's almost the worst thing to do because, oh yeah, I love that. Heather said the breakdown before the breakthrough. It's chef's kiss to that. Absolutely. Remark. You know, it's interesting. I left policing a year ago and started on all of this. And you're right in that there's an identity that's associated with the past versions of you. Mm-hmm. And you have to be willing to let that go. So you ask yourself the questions, who am I? Where am I going? What am I doing? Why am I doing it? And then the next is the how. How do I get there? And journaling, like you said, is such an important part of that to be able to discover who you really are on the inside and to challenge those thoughts, feelings, and emotions that keep you feeling stuck. To actually dive into this stuff and, you know, place where you start reauthoring your story and looking at things that leave you feeling powerless and shift, you make that shift into becoming more powerful. You begin to own these past experiences that maybe they weren't great and they weren't all that positive and you did find yourself feeling insecure, but what can you learn from that? What can you do with it? And can you build off of that for the future? 
And we cover a lot of that in the 21 day self-love challenge. So for those of you who are interested, I'm going to pot that up here for a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, Currently $50 off through December 7th. It's a self-paced program. It's you actually get 22 days of 22 speakers and over 30 hours of content. So if you're interested in that, join it. Um, And it, she actually just commented here a little bit ago, but you can check that out. See if it's for you. Um, Don't, but share it with your friends. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, respond to Jennifer real fast. She said, my fiance cheated too, but I can't let him go and it sucks. So these are some things you, you could start to journal around and just let it flow. Right. I can't let him go. All right. What makes you think you can't let him go? Okay. And then the next question is what if you did right and speak to yourself in the third person. Because sometimes it feels just too raw to be like, why can't I, or, you know, like, why can't I let him go? Right. So what if I did let him go? So you know, what if you did let him go? And like, you're not crazy me, when you do this, guys. I want to no, let you not. know, it's a very common thing to do to kind of out of the experience and to see it from that third person perspective. Yeah. And then ask yourself this, what if I don't let him go? What happens then? What's five years going to look like? 10 years going to look like? Um, I always say, can you do this for the next 50 years? If things never change, if they never grow, develop, expand, or become different, can you do exactly this? Because most people, guess what? They don't change that much. No. And I'm going to tell you something. And like, I know Jason's more of like the relationship zone and his more up on like the attachment styles and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're, we're the self love zone here. I, okay. Attachment's a part of it, but okay. self love. Okay. But I'm going to share with you because like I have all brothers and you know, three brothers and like comfortable in male energy. And like most of my closest got friends have always been men and they've all been cheaters too, which is very strange. And when I would ask them certain things like, well, why do you keep cheating? Um, one said something and I was like, oh my gosh, that's like horrible. But so probably true for so many men. He said, I've already done the worst thing I could possibly do to her. And she stayed. So like nothing to prevent me from not doing it again. Like what would make her leave? And that was my experience. Like walked in on my ex one time. And he did this like whole mind fuck on me, like, and believing it was her fault because it was one of my friends. And I stayed like, mm-hmm. didn't change. It just got worse and worse. And I left that relationship like a shell of myself. And that's, I feel like the hard question you need to ask are, is your self, your person worth sacrificing for fear of stepping away and moving towards something better because I am living proof that there is better on the other side and there's nothing worse. I used to say sometimes like our, the, the door to our house was the heaviest door I had to open every day because mm. I really never knew what was going on. So you just have to decide your life can look 
exactly how you want it to look. That is not a crock of shit. But you're the only one who can decide whether or not you're going to get it. I will tell you guys, and there's no victim blaming here or anything like that. As you enter into these new relationships, it is your job. It is your duty to yourself to ask deeper questions, to take your time, to slow things down, to get to know this person, to understand their heart, to try to figure out what their intentions are. And when they say what those intentions are, are they in it? Look at their experiences in the past. What evidence do you have for the type of person that this actually is? Ask them the question, how did your last relationship end? Oh, well, they were all crazy. If they say that, probably not going to be the person for you. You want to let them go. Yep. Absolutely. So don't be afraid to ask questions and get to know people. I think we get to this place where you hear this a lot. There are 10 out of 10, but. And it's that but that's going to cause all the problems down the road because you ignore that one but and you're going to find yourself for not dealing with it in that moment. Five years from now, you're going to have to deal with it. So this is something I learned and I will die on this sword. Okay. Love is not the most important thing in a relationship. Love is third. So trust has to be first. Because how can you not, how can you love somebody you don't trust? Okay. And then appreciation is second. Because if you, if that person doesn't appreciate you and you don't appreciate them, it, again, it's not going to work. Because think, I love him, but he doesn't appreciate me. Well, how does it sound? Right. So it's trust, it's appreciation, and then it's love. And it that's how I feel like really healthy relationships work. And if somebody's cheating, there is no trust. Because the cheating is just one thing, one way that they're hiding. There's all these other things that come along with that. Yeah. And a big part of it really comes down to understanding that you have to trust yourself mm -hmm. that no matter what happens, you're always going to be okay because you now have all these tools that they learn from working with you or working with me or other coaches and therapists and everybody that's out there. But you trust yourself to know that I have all these tools. I've built up this repertoire. I have, you know, every my belt that I can deploy at a moment's notice when I'm going through a hard time, when I'm struggling, I have a place to go now. I can move into my breath. I can do different somatic releases. There's all, I can meditate. I can journal. And now that you have all these tools available to you, you can say, you know what? I love you. I love being with you. I love this relationship, but there are things that I'm not going to tolerate within the context of this relationship because I respect mm -hmm. myself and I love myself and I know what I want and I know what I deserve from a relationship. And if it does end, I know that no matter how it ends, I'm always going to be okay. There's always a next step. Absolutely. And if I haven't acted the way or shown up in your relationship, in a healthy way, in the way that you need to. There's no reason you can't start right now. I always say like, you're allowed to change. You're allowed to evolve. You're not, you're under no obligation to be the same person you were a year ago, yesterday, or 15 minutes ago. Yeah. So like if, 
don't ever fall for like, it never bothered you before. Well, whatever, like, well, it's me now. And like, I'm letting you know, because if this happens, this is how I am going to react. It's not a threat, but it's just, this is what I need to feel safe in this relationship. Like, I feel like if you need the cheating thing, I just, once that trust is broken. Yeah. But it's a true statement. We hear this all the time. I do it because you didn't leave. You you didn't hold me accountable. And it's like, well, you're not old. I shouldn't have to hold you accountable. You should know that that's probably not the right thing to do. And you did it anyway. Yeah. And you know? don't buy any excuse. They flip on you as to like mm-hmm. why it happened, how it happened, how you had a part in it, how I was guilty. I wasn't sleeping with them enough, whatever. No. That is not the way normal people act or react in those kind of situations. Like, yeah. And that goes back to some of the programming and conditioning that, you know, some of that you grew up with, or maybe that you observed, maybe you had parents that, you know, cheat each other at some point and, you know, they together for whatever reasons, you know, all together for the kids because it was somehow going to benefit them in the long term. But now you're, conditioned to expect that that's the type of relationship that you should have and that you deserve in the long term because it was never modeled to you any other way other than what you saw on television and well that's just television that can't happen in real life and i'm not saying everybody's going to be ozzy and harriet but we're going to have our challenges and things that we have to overcome in our relationships but you can have a very kind loving and you know oriented relationship with someone and that's right heather it's the choice I know when my ex, he was like looking back as somebody with like the training and knowledge, I could see like insecure in his past. He was like overweight as a kid, late bloomer, turned into like the hot eye, bad boy, huge adrenaline rush junkie, dirt bike, street bike, freaking kind of thing. Um, and got his validation from like attention. So the, the bravado, the swagger you know, been women. And he never said no. He never said no. And I was the idiot home cooking, clean and paying half the mortgage, you know, 50 no, you hours were, a week. You weren't you know? an idiot. You, <laughs> you were in love at the time. Yeah. So I'm going to be a reason, you know, one of my friends who's like, was a real cheater. He's like, I'm just so surprised every time a girl comes on to me, I get so excited. I just can't turn it down. And I'm like, oh my God. It's like you see all these different weird ways that this behavior manifests yeah. um, with people. None of them have ever changed. I have, I know too many guys that are married and they might go a year without cheating. There's always another one. There's always another one. Yeah, And, and everybody you- knows about it. All their friends know it's so embarrassing. That was like so embarrassing. I was so embarrassed for myself, even though I didn't, shouldn't be. You know, I don't want you to feel like that, but I was so embarrassed. And you know what people said to me, Nicole, we thought you knew. It was like everywhere. He was all over the place, but he always did it when I was at work. So I came home and he was on the couch and I had no idea except the time I walked in on him and like an idiot whack. So again, it just shows nobody told you. Nobody told me. Well, hopefully better friends now. Yeah. Well, at the time, you know what happens? And I don't know if that's happening in, in Jennifer's world. Um, like friends become their friends. They sort of state you from the other yeah. people because your friends don't want to be around it because they see that they're not good for you. Your family doesn't want to be around it because they see that they're not good for you. 
So then the people in your world are really his people. And they're not going to go against. They're loyal. Hmm. Well, they was back to birds of a feather flock together. So <laughs> so if you see a group of people, it, like you see this friendship group and, you know, accepting of that one person that's cheating in the group, then there's a higher likelihood that the rest of the people in that group are also cheaters because they tolerate that behavior within the group. Absolutely. Yeah. So be careful who you align yourself with. Yes. And that's always another thing with like social media is making sure that you're aligning yourself with people that, you know, are kind of space, but you know, they level of integrity with their programs and what they do and the experiences that they're giving to other people through, you know, whether it's coaching or just the content in general. Uh, some things and it's 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 a strange world being on the internet and, and doing this kind of stuff so I, I feel very lucky and blessed to be able to connect with someone like yourself who who you in in your purpose and and you do care about other people and you do want to see them you know see them win and that's yeah. really what it's all about and so you and your friendship groups if you don't have this or you're not the person that can do this be the person that wants to see other people win you want to see other people do well in all areas of their life because you'll hear it all on motivational uh, tech and social media, you know, be the certain way all the time. And it's like, well, you know, I'm not in competition with you. I, I know what I'm creating. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm presenting and I know what this is ultimately going to be in the long term. So I'm not in competition with you and I can actually want to see you win and do well. And not just you, I'm just saying in general with Absolutely. stuff. And I agree. It's like your your network is your net worth at the end of the day. And I keep pushing for 2024. Like I want to bring more creators together, uh, especially for these Facebook lives that we're going to be doing. Um, I think that's the place where everybody wins. We do more stuff like this and then you grow and expand and get all your stuff out there for everybody to see. And the recognition comes that. So I love it. I'm here for it. I appreciate it. Nicole. I'd love to come back. <laughs> and Bill, absolutely. So Nicole, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, tell her one more time how they can reach you and how they can work with you. So you can reach me on Instagram at level up life and co, or you can visit my site at level up life and co dot of a morning uh, routine. The first thing to kickstart at my journey, my transformation journey, the first thing I found that like really worked for me, um, because single day, you got to get control of that mindset. Again, your mind is a supercomputer. So every single day you wake up and what happens? Your mind's like yesterday and it installs that program and you just start running on a loop, running on a loop. You get up, you do the same thing every day. You go get your robe go make the same breakfast, whatever it is. Um, that's not supportive of you, right? What if the person you were yesterday isn't who you want to be today? You got to do something different. So head to my website or to my, the link in my bio on Instagram, you can grab my 15 minute morning positive mindset kickstart. So you can start to get yourself primed for the positive abundant life you want to move towards. Awesome. Nicole, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. See you again soon.